Hey everyone, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Borderline Podcasts from Borderline Panels. Um, I am the host, Austin, and today with me I have Ryan. Hello. And Andrew. Hello, everyone. And a very, very special guest. Uh, voice actor veteran Paul St. Peter. How's it going today, Paul? Going pretty well. How about you guys? Pretty we're great. Doing great. Very terrific. Excellent. Yeah. We had a lot of panels to do today and we're all a little bit sleepy, but um, I think we did great. I yeah. haven't slept yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven panels across the, what, five or six of us. Yeah. Yeah. Been busy bees. Um, cool. Well, um, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. Um, your, um, your work is uh, very well known. Uh, in the anime community, and um, we really appreciate the opportunity to have you on the show, so thank you so much. Well, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, and um, I know I can speak for us in saying uh, Kingdom Hearts is one of you know, our absolute favorite franchises. And, oh, yes. Um, uh, absolutely. Not so much for myself, even though I respect it from afar. These guys absolutely adore Naruto. Like <laughs> I've got so. a couple questions about that. Yeah, yeah good. So um, you are amongst friends. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. So, um... I wanted to go ahead and just jump into it. Can you uh, let our listeners know a little bit about what they might have heard you in before or some of the roles that you're most known for? Well, certainly there's uh, Kingdom Hearts and, uh, of course, also Naruto, um, Digimon, uh, many, many characters in Digimon. Uh, Bleach fans out there would know me as Yami Rialgo, and, of course, uh, my stuff goes all the way back to Robotech. Mm-hmm. And so quite a few series over the years. Gotcha. Just had a couple... Quick icebreaker questions. Um, for our listeners, by the way, we're recording live from Asheville Anime Regional Conference in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, I might want to mention that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, have you been to NC before this conference? First time to North Carolina. Okay. How do you like it so far? Loving it. Uh, love the woods. Love the fact that it rains here, unlike California. <laughs> it's funny um, you say yeah. that. It's like we've actually been in like a heat wave the past like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Los Angeles this week is averaging 98 degrees and second degree smog alerts. So I'm very happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> can imagine. How have you been enjoying the con? Very much so. Uh, great fans here. A lot of great cosplayers. Uh, yeah. You often will see um, a convention where they don't represent as well as you might expect. We've been to those. Mm, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on the topic of fans, actually, what is it like for you to meet fans? Is it like, how would you describe it? It's very challenging because um, fans come here with many expectations regarding the voice guests. Uh, Many times they simply want to meet us and talk about how much they admire our work. Other times they have very, very in-depth questions. And when I do my panels about how I do the voice work, they want to know many, many things. Where did I come up with the answer for this? And generally, how do I approach voicing a character? Mm -hmm. So it's always different and it's always uh, challenging. I've uh, I've asked this to every voice actor I've met so far. Have you ever had a what I like to call crazy fan encounter? One that just was like <laughs> gushing at you about how much they love a character, and you were just like, "Step oh, back, please." <laughs> well, we do use the term fangasm. Okay. And uh, I've had. Is that uh, trademarked? Uh, no, from what <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I heard someone describe a fangasm. I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I did the voice of Wormmon, and somebody in the front row had a fangasm. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, that's a fangasm. I go, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of situations where uh, someone has just flipped. Uh, one woman almost fainted. 
Oh, wow. And wow. I did the voice of Xemnas. Um, <laughs> another one, I did the voice of Xemnas, and she backed away from me and said, I am so turned on right now. <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh yeah, so it's, it, there have been quite a few. Mm. I, I, it's hard to pick just one because they're usually pretty radical. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. One of my friends, actually, he's a huge fan of Xemnas, and Every time we're about to get into a car together, he puts his hand on my shoulder and goes, we shall go together. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So you, um, you mentioned Robotech. So uh, you worked for uh, Harmony Gold for a time? That's right. Uh, they produced uh, much of the work that was done there, although it got handed over to others at some different points. But mm -hmm. Harmony Gold was the, uh, the origin, you might say. Right. And um, did you have any interesting uh, interactions with the sort of... Uh, uh, interesting character of uh, Carl Masick. Carl was a terrific guy. Mm -hmm. um, I loved being around him. He was a true lover of anime. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he was devoted to Robotech in so many ways and mm -hmm. arranged everything afterwards in terms of uh, Q&As, uh, entire Robocons. Mm -hmm. That would be Carl Masick, yeah. Terrific guy, wonderful guy. Cool, that's wonderful. So, you know, you've, you've been in the anime industry for a long time, since the mid-80s. Um, but did you start uh, working as an actor in any industry before anime? Um, anime actually came along uh, late for me. I grew up doing theater mm -hmm. in San Diego. Um, I sang with the opera company there for four years and came to LA and began working as an equity actor and uh, some on-camera stuff. Mm -hmm. Voiceover, particularly in anime, but also commercials, mm -hmm. did come along later. Okay. Uh, do you have any favorite plays? Oh, my favorite plays? Good heavens. Um, uh, Shakespeare, my favorite tragedy is Macbeth. Mm -hmm. My favorite comedy is A Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm -hmm. uh, I love doing uh, Eugene O'Neill, uh, plays like A Touch of the Poet. Mm -hmm. uh, those are uh, dear to my heart. Wonderful. So, um, you know, having worked in anime for a while, um, I mean, the industry is always changing, as you can probably tell. Um, and a lot of companies have come and gone. Um, so, you know, from your perspective as an actor, as an employee, as um, what do you think an anime studio can do best to help you succeed at your job? They need to create an environment that supports both halves of it and then attracts clients. Um, many studios have made the mistake in the past of expanding and trying to make their business bigger and bigger and bigger because it seems more attractive. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at, look at all the money they must have uh, with 19 offices and 12 booths and they only use one or two of them at one time. Mm -hmm. The best thing they can do now is to trim down to what they need to do and therefore be able to bring um, clients to them at a much more reasonable rate without actually cutting their own rates. It's just that ridiculous notion of overhead means uh, bigger and better mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. um do you have a question you want to go for oh yes of course two, you know? i mean whatever but um you know i've been a fan of kingdom hearts for you know very long time um it was my sister and i's very first playstation game you know i was about what 10 i think mm -hmm. so it, it certainly is um i think a, a very important to um i suppose how i've come to understand um, you know a lot of things about myself and I think that every person who worked on Kingdom Hearts has a role to play in that so you know for your work there I, I definitely have to extend my gratitude but um, as far as I guess less serious questions so I recall my very first memory of Kingdom Hearts was a segment on Disney 411 I think it was 2004 
I think. It was Jesse McCartney, mm-hmm. the voice of Roxas, showing everyone about how to play Kingdom Hearts 2. And, you know, that really started me to things. Number one, I have to get this game immediately. If Jesse McCartney says it's, it's the rule of law, that's how it's just going to be. That's, that's how things, yeah. Right, that's how things were back in 2004. It was yeah. Jesse McCartney and Hilary Duff. They were, you know, the, the prom king and queen of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it instilled a second idea, is that do voice actors play or consume their own works? So I guess my question to you is, you know, and you can answer, of course, firstly, do you consume your own work? Typically, I don't play the games that mm-hmm. I've done. I have played a little bit. Um, I did a little bit of Digimon Warriors, okay. where I was Wormmon, and I digivolved <laughs> to a Stingmon. Um, and I played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts. My experience with most of the voice actors I know is that, no, we do the games, we haven't played them before. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I've heard from some voice actors in the past, um, like Tiffany Grant, I think, is the one who mentioned it, but usually voice actors tend to, you know, put their best into a role and then just kind of tuck it away a little bit. I, I've kind of heard that. I'm not sure if that's quite accurate for everyone, of course, but... Generally speaking, we do the work and we move on. Right, right. Um, so I don't do a game and then wait until it comes out. <laughs> right. And oh then, my heavens, now I have to buy yet another uh, game center because, I mean, I, I would have had to have bought a Wii right. uh, going back away as a Sega, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, not typically. We don't right. play our own stuff. I mean, I would imagine the vo- if a voice actor um, or actress would have to, you know, consume their own work, that mm-hmm. would be you know, very expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, most <laughs> games consuming. run at, you know, 30, 40, sometimes even 60 for Wii games, and then anime box sets can oh, also buy, be... And buying a PS4. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, I don't see how any voice actor, mm-hmm. unless they're, you know, I guess Vic Mignogna, who gets a role every day of the week, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but I just don't really see that as being plausible. Mm-hmm. But um, now, when you said that you played Kingdom Hearts a little bit. Do you recall anything about it, or like what you played? or Besides getting my butt kicked, um, <laughs> they no. had to show me how to work everything, and so I went into combat and I swung away, and, <laughs> and uh, they just toasted me. So. Okay, so I so since it sounds like you're you know kind of coming from the early parts of Kingdom Hearts, I I guess it goes without saying that you didn't kick your own butt, mm. so to speak. No. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Here, take over your role." I went. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would I, I feel like that would be kind of a weird experience if you did like fight yourself and heard yourself taunting you. Right. Well, I've done uh, dubbing in films. Uh, I dubbed a Chinese film where mm. I played a good guy and a bad guy in the same film, and my bad <laughs> oh, wow. guy character killed my good guy character. <laughs> oh Oof. no! Shot him through the back with an arrow. I wonder if that's oh, a form wow. of suicide. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> do, you, do, you, um, do you recall, just off the top of your head, like how you differentiated the voices between the two characters? Uh, they wanted me to play the good guy uh, with a little bit lighter voice, and the writing supported that. It was a very good okay. script, uh, good ad- adaptation of the original Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then my bad guy, I just gave it a little gravel. Okay. Yeah, it sounds it that sounds a lot with how they did. I guess Perfect Blue. Like I've heard that you're a Satoshi Kon fan mm-hmm. with um, with Paprika, mm-hmm. but so I guess did you now did you do different takes? Like one way through with the good guy, one way through with the bad guy. Uh, we did those things of... sequentially. Okay. You know, so you would go in and do a, one role, and you do all of it. Um, if it's a smaller role, sometimes you do two in the same day. Right. Okay. So um, going off your, um, you know, you mentioned the Satoshi Kon films. Um, you had a few bit parts in Perfect Blue, mm-hmm. um, and then you went on to play the main male lead in Paprika. 
And um, I remember, uh, well, whenever I came up to you uh, earlier, you said that you know you find that film to be very underrated. Um, so, do you have any thoughts about Satoshi Kon's work or your experience working for for his well, in his work? Uh, generally speaking, I was very impressed by the anime. I was impressed by the choice of uh, music. Definitely. And it's the sort of thing I'd love to do more often. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, First of all, you can audition for something and not get it and say, damn, I wanted to do his, you know, something else with him again, and then you don't get it, of course. Yeah. Uh, overall, a, a very, very positive experience and uh, one that was very informative. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to hear when the director talks about the choices that they make. Mm -hmm. And uh, even through the translators, sometimes you can hear some of the passion involved and it's sort of nice that way. Right. It's a, it's a real shame that we lost uh, Satoshi Kon so early in his career. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You mentioned... Um, you just mentioned that there would sometimes be like, you'd be like, damn, I wanted that role. Has there ever been a series or something that you've been fond of, hadn't a chance to audition for it, and either got the character or didn't and were disappointed? Well, we always want to book what we go for, of course. You know, naturally, uh, we don't go out there to not get a role. We always want to go on and book absolutely everything. I would have liked to have worked uh, more on Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Mm. You know, I did a little bit, uh, but. Uh, I, it would have been nice to have been uh, supporting or a principal role in something like that. Um, I've really been very happy working with the shows that I have done and, mm -hmm. and the fact that we have things like uh, Naruto that keeps mm -hmm. coming back mm -hmm. and uh, roles that you can sort of count on. I would have liked to have worked more on uh, a series like Samurai Champloo mm -hmm. where you, know, you do little bits and pieces here and there. Um, yeah, uh, naturally, of course, there are things that I'd like to book something and, and just do all of it, you know, right. every yeah. episode, that kind of thing. Every character. Right, yeah. Yes, every character. <laughs> yeah, I'm also, I'm a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts, as like these guys said, and I'm also a huge fan of Naruto, both of which are very long-running series, as mm -hmm. you yes. definitely know. Mm -hmm. As a voice actor, do you consider having a role in, like, a role at, like, Kurama, he's a fairly main character, and Xemnas is a main villain. Mm. Do you consider having a role like that job security, or do you get sick of doing the same character after so many years? When something is well-written, you never get tired of it. Okay. okay. As an actor, you need to keep refreshing yourself. It's easy to do that when you get good dialogue, when the words written for you are uh, creative and lead you to good places. Kurama is like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, year after year, they keep coming up with wonderful material, and it's based on a wonderful manga. So, in a sense, right. it's easier for them. They have something to work with. Um, I don't get tired of that sort of thing. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, generally speaking, because there is a story arc, and there are differences in the way things evolve one character to another. Um, again, something easy to work with. It doesn't bother you. Okay. You know, there are shows I watch on TV, I won't say their names, Pokemon, um, <laughs> um, that uh, are sort of like again and again, the mm. same and the same. And so I, that's why I say Digimon rules. Okay. Fair um, you may not be able to answer this question probably for legal reasons, but if you're able to tell us, have you done any voice work for Kingdom Hearts 3 yet? No. No. Okay. Right. No lawyers need to be called. <laughs> well, I'm going to call my lawyer just because I call him every day. <laughs> I'm tired of it. But yeah. um, I, I did have one other question about Kingdom Hearts. So um, I, I imagine that, you know, audition processes are very difficult. Um, you know, oftentimes it seems that uh, uh, voice actors will audition for multiple roles. 
Um, did you audition like just for Xemnas, or were you potentially up for anybody else? Uh, Kingdom Hearts, it was just for Xemnas. Okay. And they brought me in because of something they had heard and asked me to come in and audition. And so uh, there was never a question of my being, for instance, uh, you know, uh, Xehanort you know, <laughs> or, or some other character. Axel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or Sora. <you> know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. possibilities. Or, D- or Donald. Whatever yeah. knows. Uh, yeah, you know, I was always, you know, <laughs> gosh, you know, <laughs> I wanted to go in that direction. But no, actually, they only asked me about Xemnas. You know? okay. Wow. Yeah, because I know, um, if I recall correctly, um, Richard Epcar got his role because um, the original Japanese actor uh, that played Ansem also played Bato in Ghost in the Shell. And they were just like, well, let's just get Bato. So Richard Epcar was like, oh, I'll do it. Mm, sure. Um, yeah, and uh, you've worked with him um, in the past in a lot of different projects. Do you, uh, do you guys have a, like a, a personal relationship? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Richard and I are very, very close friends. Uh, we go all the way back to okay. Robotech, my first series. Um, he has written and directed many of the things I've been in. We've worked together as actors. We also smoke cigars together, <laughs> uh, get drinks and barbecue. Is that what creates uh, the gravel? Uh, matter of fact, it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, no. There's a, there's no inhaling of cigar smoke. It's a bad idea. <laughs> but the um, the nice things about that is that we do uh, over the years develop those personal relationships, mm-hmm. and it's part of what makes it so rewarding mm-hmm. as an actor. You know? I actually had the opportunity to meet Richard in um, mm-hmm. December. He was at uh, Ichiban Con. He signed the same box that you did. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so. um, was he able to get you into the new Lupin the Third project? Uh, not yet. Okay. 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 I don't know what's going on there. I did uh, The Secret of Mamo. Okay. And I played the, the uh, lead character of Mamo. Huh? And uh, Richard directed that. Okay. So that yeah, pretty well in. Yeah, he has a long history of, of Lupin projects. Yeah, I think I worked the series a little bit, but I was up for one of the major roles and didn't book that. Mm-hmm. You know, but they brought me in for other things. And then for Mamo, um, I did the actual uh, audition with the voice that you hear in the film. Mm. They didn't ask me for that. I just asked if that would be okay to try it, and that's the one they picked. So. Oh, well, okay. Funny yeah. how things work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there are some pretty big names in Kingdom Hearts, like for instance, Leonard Nimoy and Mark Hamill both voiced two different characters. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a chance to meet either of them or any big name, for instance, and meeting like a star, did it ever leave you starstruck in Kingdom Hearts or otherwise? Well, in Kingdom Hearts, uh, we always work alone. Okay. So I never got to meet Leonard and I never, I, I have met Mark before, but in a different circumstance okay. where uh, there was a film he did called uh, The Giver. I came in to coach an actor uh, doing her uh, uh, voice replacement work and I also did the narration at the beginning of the film and when I was there, uh, Mark was there and I got to meet him and talk with him a little bit. Very, very, very sweet, easy person to talk to. I would love to meet him in person. I'm a huge Star Wars oh, yeah. fan. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I've uh, I have met uh, other actors, uh, John Lithgow, and, oh, and uh, wow. you know individuals that are very well known. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so much starstruck, but I'm absolutely respectful and, and okay. greatly admiring of their work. Um, it always gets I, I get a kick out of it when they know my work. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they wow. want to shake my hand. That's always a thrill. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I had a question about uh, Cowboy Bebop. 
Um, so um, Mary Elizabeth McGuinn, the uh, ADR director on that project, um, I don't know if you saw the Funimation documentary that they created for the um, new Blu-ray set, hmm. but uh, she said that you had a very interesting method coming up with the voice for Punch, mm -hmm. and uh, could you go through that for us? <laughs> well, the oddest character I've ever come up with, um, when they told me what they wanted, and this was the, the late, great Kevin Seymour that uh, talked to me about that, he called me up and said, the breakdown they gave me, you were the only actor I could think of. <laughs> they wanted him to sound like he's from Texas, but they wanted him to sound Mexican too, and he's black. And so when he said I was the only actor he could think of, I wasn't quite sure how to feel about that. <laughs> right. Uh, but it, the reason he called was because of the accent and the dialect work I did. And he asked if, uh, on behalf of the client, can you do two accents at one time? I said, no, you can't. I said, but I will do this for you. I will change accents in the middle of a line for you. <laughs> Okay. And so that's how the character came about sounding as weird as he does. Yeah. I would be a Texan at the beginning of a sentence and finish out with a Mexican mm -hmm. accent and uh, do it uh, the opposite way. Mm -hmm. I honestly it, always wondered if that was intentional. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, they wanted it to be that strange. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that before. Oh, it's, uh, I've never had anyone else ask me to do it. So <laughs> still the weirdest character I've ever played. Could you give us a how y'all doing? Oh. Uh, let me give you uh, the whole line because this is Mary Elizabeth's favorite. Oh, okay, yeah. go for it. And yeah, apparently it wasn't written originally. I can't remember how we came up with it, but uh, we came up by saying, shucks, howdy, how y'all doing? Mm -hmm. And I started off Mexican and finished Texan. Mm -hmm. And then they added it to every episode. So I, again, I can't recall exactly how that happened, uh, like we made it up or something, but I said, shucks, howdy, how y'all doing? You know. <laughs> And so how that ended up being part of the show, I don't quite recall, but it's now every time Mary sees me, she says, shucks, cowdy. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. Bless That's amazing. It gives it so much character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the topic of um, how you do a voice, Kurama and Naruto obviously has, like, a demonic, deep voice, and mm -hmm. you obviously have a very deep voice. Mm -hmm. How deep can you actually go versus how much of that is in post? Actually, none of it's done in post. Really? Unless, wow. unless there's an echo. Or, uh, for instance, if um, uh, Kurama is uh, coming out of a cave mm -hmm. and uh, jumping out into the open, okay, there's going to be a difference there. They will add that sort of thing. The texture of the voice is all me. Wow. Yeah, so that's all mine. And it's not a very deep voice. Uh, Wormmon actually has a deeper voice. Okay. Um, just to demonstrate it for you, if you listen to this, which is about my median pitch right here, and you listen to the Kurama voice here. I'm actually not going any deeper than I am that way. Wow. But I'm actually changing the texture by making it a throatier thing. Right. You know, uh, placing it further back. I can make a deeper voice. Yeah, I can do more than that. But the texture itself has nothing to do with the pitch. That's crazy to me. Wow. That, that's so impressive. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds like they're, they're doing all this weird stuff with the, you know, the, the engineers are in there doing that. And for the most part, it's just me. They add the occasional little futz on it to do something strange with it. Uh, like, you know, I, I was passing through a meteor or something like that. But typically, it's uh, just me. Wow. Cool. Now, I had one quick question kind of on that. So um, I, I was in your panel briefly today on, um, on, I think it was your voice acting on your general Q&A panel, and you said something about um, how like not to try um, like voice acting at home when it's like the really like the deep, like the, because you'll hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. So I, I imagine that doing that constantly, of course you are trained, but I feel like it might get tiring for anybody. So I guess my question is, you know, with all these 
conventions and all these fans you meet, are there any lines you're just absolutely sick of getting asked to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, not yet. Well, good. I do get I do get asked uh, to do a lot of uh, Zemnis lines. I can um, so imagine. I make sure to write them down so I have different ones for them. Mm. Do you have a favorite? Oh, as uh, Zemnis? Yes. Um, well, my favorite that I like to whisper into somebody's <laughs> ear, especially women, because they always start shaking. Oh, jeez. Um, um, and I always get the name. So if her name is Betty or something like this, tell me, Betty, do you know who you truly are? <laughs> and they always freak like that. <laughs> As Kurama, I just like to uh, tell someone to give me their chakra. That's amazing. Give me your chakra. <laughs> so I have good times with that. Uh, no, it's always fun to do that, and I love to hear what the fans want to hear in their favorite okay. parts because sometimes they will ask me to say something that uh, is obscure within the show, but it struck their ear more than right. someone else's, so they right. remembered it for a different reason. Oh, right? yes, I have the exact time code where you saw this <laughs> line and this inflection, and could you do that, please? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's actually been handed to me before. Oh, wow. Oh, Somebody did that when I was as Wormmon. Mm. Uh, they asked me what my favorite episode was, and I said it was the one where I was telling Ken that in spite of everything he had done, I still thought he could be a good boy. Mm. And uh, somebody found the dialogue on the Internet and handed it to me. <laughs> and so I had to borrow reading glasses. <laughs> but I, I went ahead and did the entire sequence of lines that he did there, and everybody was going, oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, when great. I found out we were interviewing you, um, we wanted to get fan questions, and I asked my friends, who are all Kingdom Hearts fans, I said, hey, I'm interviewing Xemnas, believe it or not. <laughs> Give me some questions you want me to ask him. Every single one of them asked me to ask you to recite a line. I was like, do you guys not want actual like insight? <laughs> Play the game. Right. It depends on what they want to hear. That's, yeah. that's, that's why we're here. You know, it, it, it um, was pretty funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a little bit of uh, insight on on um, Zemnis's voice, um, he sort of has this interesting, like very slow paced sort of delivery of his lines. Is that something that the Japanese seiyu does as well? What happened there is that uh, based on the pace of the Japanese performance. Um, you would want to go a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Most of what we hear in the OJ, the original Japanese um, on anime, etc., typically the timing needs to be the same. For some reason, the lines in English are much longer, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't expand. So that's why the pace is so slow in that almost whisper equality. Mm-hmm. And they would not rewrite, and they wouldn't add any words, so they said, we have to just make it go on, so that's why. Yes, uh, part of the uh, what they were after was, as I like to put it, and this is a visual, of course, for you guys to see anyway, the line is this long, and the timing was this long. Mm, so wow. we had to stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch, and I thought that would be this horribly boring thing for the to hear. And all of the reactions were very positive. They really liked it, and it's become a part of the way I do the character, because yeah. that's not the way I auditioned. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did have one. Okay. Yeah, go for so it. So you were uh, discussing, you know, working with the ADR studio a bit, like to try and convert Japanese to English a little bit with the the length. So I imagine that you have some, you have a you know sizable experience, you know, with Japanese to English. But one thing that Kingdom Hearts specifically kind of presents is working with the Disney ADR studio. Now, um, I had a very very brief discussion in panel with. Um, uh, Jessica the Chico, she voices um, Olette mm-hmm. in Kingdom Hearts, you know, one of the Twilight Town kids. Um, 
and she recalled that there was this grunt that she had, like this noise that she had to make, like, you know, just that sort of, of like frustrated uh, noise. And, you know, the, the Disney executives who were listening in on the recording, they had her go over and over for a solid 20 or 30 minutes. So my point is that there seems to be a lot of very interesting stories about working with the Disney ADR studio. So I guess, is there anything you might have to share? Any interesting experiences with Disney? What I discovered mostly when uh, uh, Disney peeps were there, as the saying goes, uh, they did a lot of their discussing either by, via Skype right. to Japan with the executives there um, and uh, you know, the director and the engineer, et cetera, et cetera. I wasn't presented with any such problems like that. Sometimes they wanted to redo something, but they would spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about something that was three syllables long. Okay. Oh, wow. And then they would get on the talk back and say, okay, yeah, it was great, let's move on. <laughs> and you'd and just be sitting there in the booth I, I'm waiting. kind of wondering, what were they talking about? <laughs> like, no, it isn't, for instance, is not difficult. Mm-hmm. No, it isn't. What is there to talk about? <laughs> well, apparently, yes, it is. They, apparently, apparently, apparently uh, there's a lot for them to talk about. It's right? a maybe. He says maybe this time. Uh, yeah. Um, on the topic of Disney, actually, what what is your favorite Disney franchise? Well, besides Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I mean, like a uh, movie. Oh, uh, going way back, I'd have to say Davy Crockett. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Nice. That's actually not an answer I expected. Mm, well, you get a guy with my history. You know, a little different perspective. Yeah, yeah. fair <laughs> enough. So, um, jumping back to an industry question. Um, so, there was a big story last year about the uh, video game voice actors strike, mm-hmm. and um, did that affect you personally at all, or any of your close colleagues? Well, it still does because we're still on strike. Okay. Yeah, that was never resolved. Yes, um, I know of at least one case where another actor was approached about doing a role, and uh, his agent wasn't aware of the fact that it was for a game that was being done by a company were striking. Mm. And so when he got back to his agent and found out about it, he said, no, we're not going to do that. And the funny thing was he played the voice for me and I was a lot closer of a match than he was. Mm. And so if that had happened at all, he was going to have me contact his agent, but we said, no, we won't replace him. And mm. so the strike is ongoing. Okay, okay. Any, up, any updates at all on movements? Uh, we just had a production meeting, or I should say a union meeting, uh, over the productions this past Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't gotten updates about that one okay. yet. Uh, but we're up to, I believe, 15 companies uh, that are brand new to the gaming mm-hmm. industry that have signed and are willing to work with the contract. Mm-hmm. So there's a forward movement on that. We're just trying to get the big guys like mm-hmm. Disney and Activision and various others right. to move forward and give us a fair contract. Right. Okay. Yeah, because if I recall correctly, you're working off a contract that hasn't been updated since the late 90s or something uh, like that? Along those lines, yeah. yeah. The things that we started working on in terms of uh, the, the gaming industry are understandably evolving. Uh, more companies are doing this and more companies are getting their feet wet. Mm-hmm. And not everyone is on the same page. Mm-hmm. So it is, in fact... Uh, uh, an older contract and it is attached to the basic scale everyday contract that we would use doing on-camera work. What we're going for is trying to get a residual formula mm-hmm. and vocal care. Um, right now it's possible for an actor to tear his voice up in a session and we have nothing to say about that and we need to be able to say something about that. Yeah, right, definitely. 
definitely. Yeah, I should say we have no say in that. I've heard uh, stories about voice actors. You're in the booth for like a really, really long stretch at a time, and it can be brutally hot in there sometimes. Yeah, difficult uh, physically and certainly vocally. Mm-hmm. We well, here's to... a water and an apple. You're fine, right? Mm, yeah, so, or so they think. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, your voice is, in a way, your livelihood. So, mm-hmm. you know, to have any one role which could potentially mess that up, I would find to be very... Um, like you know, a dire consequence. So I, I just, why we need a new contract. Exactly. We need to be able to protect ourselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, fight the good fight. It's your job. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, you want to jump into the uh, question submissions? If you guys didn't have anything else, you want ah, to cover? Sounds perfect. Absolutely. So Jillian on Facebook asked, "Some of Zemnis lines can be corny. Have you ever found that hard to play?" Not in my particular case. Uh, it is a character with which I can connect very well. And whatever that may mean about me personally, it's probably <laughs> negative, but you know. Uh, but I've always been able to say those things and connect with the character. And I also understand where it fits within the game. That helps a lot too. Okay. Yeah, certainly a, a line sometimes by itself, if you don't know how it fits in with the grand scheme, you might, you know, huh? <laughs> Especially with Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Yeah. Um, somebody actually asked a similar question to what you just answered. How similar or different do you think Xemnas is uh, to your own personality? Lydia asked that on Facebook. Um, I'm uh, uh, probably just as um, cynical. No, not cynical. <laughs> I would say just as um, uh, sneaky and evil. Mm. Okay. And oh, I man. do like to play sometimes a little bit of uh, the politics behind the scenes. Right. Okay. So do you see yourself as a leader or a follower? Generally speaking, as a leader. So a supreme leader. (laughs) Number one. The emperor, actually. (laughs) Um, I also know when to be a follower. Okay. 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 Have you ever struggled with any of Xemnas' lines since they use a lot of big, complicated words, Jordy asks? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of questions about Xemnas. That's all right. Darkness. Uh, yeah, sometimes uh, you know, two or three syllables is a challenge. It's actually making the syllables last long enough, as we talked about, in mm-hmm. terms of how long we have to make the lines go. No, it hasn't been difficult that way. Um, yes, I'm a trained speaker, but we also get a chance to look things over. So they don't, right. while they do spring the lines on us when we go in for the session, there is time to look. Okay. Luckily, there's no difficulty there. Uh, Larry asked, who do you think has a better fashion sense, Zemnis or Wamu from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Depends on how you define fashion. (laughs) (laughs) I guess big black flowing cloak or whatever the heck you define the pillar men as. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you want um, uh, crazy, campy, and flamboyant, absolutely, you've got to go. You know, yeah. (laughs) But uh, I like the uh, the long flowing and uh, God, if I could get my hair like that, like (laughs) that would be great. And the most important question, now this will definitely be a tough one. Here we go. What is your opinion of pineapple on pizza, Tobias asks. I'm too angry right now. I'm kidding. (laughs) I can't speak. Uh, In my opinion, uh, it has no place on pizza of any kind. I agree. Thank you. It's justice. We're all in accord, yes, and that's right, yeah. I think we can all get behind that. Oh, I definitely can get behind that. <laughs> all right, well, do you guys have any other thoughts or questions you want to address? 
I think we've covered pretty much everything. Well, I mean, I just want to, you know, assert for a second time that I think it's been, you know, such a privilege to have you here on the podcast. Definitely. Know, to meet you, Thank you face so to much. face. And, you know, we all just got back from the um, Kingdom Hearts live concert over in New York. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, we're uh, more than willing to go, uh, go the distance, I suppose, <laughs> when it comes to our you know, crazy obsessions. Mm -hmm. Now, I did have one very last question, if no one else had a question, on the note of crazy obsessions, just to kind of end on a lighter note. Have you... So, um, some voice actors I've spoken with, you know, Vic Brignona in particular, um, he has had some pretty interesting people come up to him. What is the most bizarre thing that you have been asked to sign? Mm, let's see, how late at night is this going to be playing? <laughs> <laughs> because I think Vic had, you know, like hair or something. Mm. Like he had some pretty bizarro things. Mm. So, Oh, I've uh, signed foxtails. Okay. Oh, yeah, I because know. as Kurama, uh, people oh, yeah. tail, they'll come okay. up with a fox tail and try and use a Sharpie. And kill oh, them. <laughs> bless their hearts. Uh, yeah, and uh, I've signed shoes. You know, okay. I've signed people's foreheads, you know, <laughs> uh, hands. Someone wanted me to uh, trace my name so they could tattoo it, you know. Mm. so That's a lot of pressure. Uh, well, yeah, and that's yeah. just it. Uh, a lot of times they bring, again, unexpected things to me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that, it sounds like being a prominent voice actor would be a very interesting uh, lifestyle. <laughs> it does bring um, new things to the fore all the time. <laughs> and some of those things, if you're Vic Mignona, might be a bag of hair. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Yeah. I can't claim that. I mean, uh, again, a foxtail. Um, it's fairly close. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. What, was it like one of those, I guess, rave foxtails, like you'd like pin on, or was it like a real fox? Not a real fox. Oh, okay. okay. That would be. Thank the Lord. That would be. Else. Yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. called PETA. That, yeah. some, that would be somehow very, very wrong. Okay. Oh. Very yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so, so much for joining yeah, us absolutely. on this podcast. Thank you so we really much, gentlemen. It. My pleasure. And uh, when the day comes, we are all really looking forward to hearing you in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, me too. I hope we can get everything resolved and yeah. uh, get us in there to the studio because, believe me, we all want to do that. And whereas we are bothered as actors that we're not getting the respect with the contract, we're also, every one of us, very angry about how they are being disrespectful to the fans. Oh, and I can speak for every single Kingdom Hearts fan out there. We are waiting. Mm -hmm. Right. And we we hope that, you know, you and your livelihood can be treated with, you know, the respect and dignity that you should. Absolutely. We're all hoping that way Mm -hmm. and crossing our fingers. And let's get that that done. Everybody, uh, hashtag performance matters. Mm. Weigh in. Great hashtag. Tell them how you feel. Okay. We'll definitely spread that around. Thank you. And um, if people want to know more about you, do you have like a website? Uh, you can go to my Facebook site, which is the Paul St. Peter fan site. Okay. okay. And then uh, share your uh, thoughts. Um, send along whatever you think is interesting, <laughs> and uh, we can talk. All right. All right. Sounds awesome. Sounds fabulous. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, thank you, gentlemen. Um, that's the end of our show for this week. And um, this is Austin signing off. All right. See you soon.